Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the SAP. As always, it is your boy Dave Neal with Tasha Courtney. This is episode 394. You ready to get into it? Let's do it. Let's jam. Here we go. Let's get right into it. How's everybody doing today? This is uh, not a new intro, but I wanted to play a song called Treat Me This Way. Because why you got to treat me this way is a good theme for the world as we know it right now. And this is honestly a jam. It's a jam. It's very Rodney King-esque. Do you know the, the quote from Rodney King? No. Why can't we all just get along? Is that the quote? Boy, I could be so wrong right now and that would not look good. I feel like I should just look that up. Well, look it up then. Why can't we all just get along might be the quote. How are you doing today, Tasha Marie? Doing pretty good. It is warm in here, though. I'm very excited about this frappuccino that you made. Let me tell you something about Tasha. If you guys have never heard her before, there is one setting where she feels good, and if you are off by half a degree, she's either wearing a turtleneck or she's <laughs> complete naked. <laughs> There's nothing in between this highly sensitive person. But um, yes, I made uh, what you de- uh, call, what you call the TikTok coffee. Yeah, it's, which is um, instant coffee. It is just blended with. I use traditionally it's blended with sugar and cream, and it makes a nice froth. Um, but I use coconut cream and it still is nice and frothy. And today Dave made it and he didn't make it the traditional way with a hand blender, but he used the Nutribullet and blended it with some ice. So it's sort of like a Frappuccino instant coffee. With some coconut. Do do I sound as loud as you sound? (laughs) Welcome to my world. Do I? Yeah. Because you sound really loud and I can barely barely hear myself. Wow. I don't know. I'm going to turn you down a little bit. Okay. I'm okay with that. How's that right there? Now, do you sound louder than me? No, we sound good. I'm just This is equal sound. You're joshing me? Yeah. You're you're full. uh, You're always louder than everybody else at the table. Well, I think I just, and it's this, I think it's the same reason why I'm tone deaf. Like, I can't hear my own tone when I sing. So, therefore, it's something to do with the input, the way I receive sound. Do you know what I mean? I feel like if I could fix that, maybe I'll have a good voice. Some people are just loud people. We have a few friends like that that are just loud as hell. Ben they Gooch. have <laughs> My two closest friends are the opposite. Darren, you can barely hear. I Darren, love you got someone you can barely hear. I love someone that speaks quiet so that you have to like get well, close. Well, let me listen. tell you this: who's going to survive the coronavirus? I someone you have to get close to to hear them, or someone who's shouting from twenty feet away? How about that? <laughs> Big shout out to my extroverts out there. We're killing it. We don't need to socially distance. <laughs> I'm just saying there's nothing worse than being in a place where like being normal volume is considered appropriate and you're with a bunch of loud mouths because they raise the collective volume because they're screaming so loud. Everyone else like feels like they have to shout to be heard. And then you're just a round ruckus bunch getting stares from people. Ruckus. That's <laughs> sometimes you, once every once in a while you, you pull out grandmother words. <laughs> Like ruckus. My spirit animal is a grandma. Tasha's spirit animal is laced underwear (laughs) that goes up to the hip. Lace underwear that goes up to the hip is very popular right now. I don't know if you're doing. I'm disgusted by. Look, I'm I'm full on board with the feminist movement for equality. I just don't like. Like I I was I grew up when the Britney Spears low cut jeans were sexy. And then now mom jeans are sexy. And I've had to sort of learn to like the mom jean look. But do you realize that fashion is cyclical in that way? It goes up and down. The mom jeans are popular right now because we're doing a repeat of the 90s. I because want. Because that's what trend we're in. No, no, those no, 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 no. The 90s. Jeans, those low rise jeans. Late 90s. Are going to come back. 
They better be lower than ever. And we're going to be too old to rock them. I'm going to be too old to rock. The only person who looks good in low rise jeans is like a 13 to 15 year old. Like when you're just going through, when you just have your growth spurt and you're so skinny because you just grew an extra foot that you like, that's the person who looks good. Okay. So this is going to, this is going to sound creepy, but this is why young people on TikTok are, first of all, there's a whole psychology experiment happening because we didn't have TikTok, right? We had like, you know, like, yeah, you post a, you post a photo on Facebook, no big deal. But this, this is like aggressive dancing in tiny bikinis by teenagers. You know what I mean? This is like, this is like when you hand, you hand somebody um, a weapon before you teach them how to shoot it. That's what TikTok is. Because they've got the tits in the ass and they'll post. So if you post seven videos in a row with like a beautiful singing voice, whatever, you know, no views. You post that one video where your bra's in the wash so you couldn't put it on and you got a little bit of nipple popping through your shirt. And I'm just telling you the, the statistical facts. I'm not saying what's right or wrong. But then you get some 15-year-old chick who posts that photo with no, or that TikTok video with no bra on, 22 million views. So what is she going to do next? Keep singing? Or is she going to you know, do what the populist movement wants, which yeah, is to shake your titties. Interesting. Well, and you say like, that's the most commonplace way that people are blowing up, which might be the case, but also people are blowing up for their talents or for their passion. So I think TikTok is the kind Not of hot place chicks. where you are rewarded for the thing that is the most best for you but isn't that scary when that thing is the fact like the way you look well i don't want to gonna outgrow in the next 10 years i don't want to make a whole conspiracy thing out of it but it's like all right so now we put hormones in the beef great now monsanto put made a weed killer that makes your period three years earlier i don't know the stats but i'm just saying it's like getting adult weapons with a shot ch- with an adolescent brain I, if I was a dad, I would be scared because if I was a dad but for... Hasn't that always been the case? Yeah, but you didn't have TikTok with 22 million people giving you that validation. So you might get a couple construction yeah, workers turning their head because they don't know you you're 15. you get validation from the other kids in your class at school. I'm just saying it's an, it's an, it's going to be very interesting if someone blows up with this sexuality thing and next thing you know, they're, uh, you know, and a lot of, a lot of people have, will attach their Venmo to their profile and it's like, yeah, someone might slide you 20 bucks, but, uh, they also might feel a little entitled to, to you and be like, Oh, I know what that neighborhood's like. I know where you live. And you're like, Whoa, geez, I'm just saying it's super creepy. And the app is still new that like, I don't think any, any, any serious crimes have come from it, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's one thing as adults, we, we, we share our whole lives, but if you're literally a teenager and if say, say you were my kid and you were shaking your ass and you found out like the, the, uh, your ass is what brings the boys to the yard, right? That's what made, that's, that's where you got your big Instagram following from. It's Tasha's booty. Once in a while, it's a hard nipple. You get 10,000, you know, likes instead of your typical 1900 and you go, Oh, I'm back in the ball game right? That's just what it is. That's what that's, it's a visual medium. That's what people see. Okay. So then all of a sudden I tell you, assuming I'm your dad, let's say you're 15. I tell you, no, not, not on my watch. You're not doing that. What do you do? You either hide and do it with your friends. Like somebody, somebody's mom is the cool mom. And it used to be the cool mom let you have like a, you know, a wine spritzer, but now the cool mom is letting you do TikToks in your underwear in the backyard. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely interesting. It's hard. Like when I look back on my middle school and high school years, they were hard enough without that. They were hard enough without cyberbullying. And so I can't. Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine what sort of psychological damage is happening to kids who are having to experience that in their formative years. It's almost worse than cyberbullying. It's cyber um, acceptance for my looks almost. It's cyber objectification. That's what it is. And don't get me wrong. There, kids can be. It's it's a beautiful thing when a, when a bunch of teens are playing. I didn't. I, by the way, I did not think this would be my get off my lawn uh, rant that I would go on because I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Like do whatever makes you happy. This isn't me slut shaming anybody. This is me just going, oh boy. Yeah, if this is the only reason, because what you get when you go viral on TikTok, I I I got twenty two thousand views on a video this week, and let me Woo. tell you, you see that you get those, and I'm talking, I get twenty two thousand. I'm talking some 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 fifteen year old might be getting 2 million. 
You know, you got you got um, Charlie D'Amelio. Charlie D'Amelio has got like sixty five million followers. That's bigger than most countries. Okay, know what know what she's shaking as a sixteen year old. Okay, that's gotta be. There's gotta be something there where you go. Let's get some psychologists in on this and start uh, measuring people's uh, mental health and like tracking how this is going because that's not something for the majority of humanity that people had to deal with. You know, so. That's a dopamine rush. Look, you only get a solid level of happiness. That dopamine rush, you're you're pulling from tomorrow's happiness if you have that dopamine rush. You know what I mean? You say that this has never existed, but it has existed, just not as amplified. Right. It's on a micro level. Justin Bieber. No, we talked about this recently on a different episode where like society sort of trains you to put your focus and your energy on the thing that you are best at, right? If you're pretty... It's almost a curse because society values you most for that. They give you compliments from the time you're a young kid. Wow, you're so cute. Wow, you're so beautiful. You look so wonderful. I love that dress, whatever. And and you, you internalize that as a kid or as an adolescent. Uh, saying oh this is this is what people give me the most compliments for this is the thing i need to focus on then all of a sudden you're a teen that like only cares about makeup and hair and clothes because that's the way that you've gotten validation your whole life versus being a kid that maybe is not conventionally attractive or just as extra extra super smart so your family and your relatives and your neighbors and your friends all say wow you're so smart wow you you know, your science project is so cool. And because that is the way that you primarily get your validation, you choose to put more focus on that thing. Or if you're good at sports, you know, but it's like society has always sort of put on people what it is they think they're best at. Right. Right. And then, and, and that becomes your thing because you want more of that validation. It's just amplified by social media giving you likes. What's the first thing you can remember that a microcosm or a society or your neighborhood or like the val- like what's the first validation you feel like you got as a young teen or as a teen? As a teen? Were you getting people telling you how beautiful you were? I started getting from the time I was a kid. Which by the way, can, before so being told you're beautiful and saying what the what the issue is there with that with like you getting validation just on your looks alone this is a hard um uh thesis to talk about because people go man fuck you but i'm with you on this but it's hard to be like it ain't easy being a beautiful young woman and i i obviously don't know but no, <laughs> but, but like i i, I am with I you think, that like geez you you're a target i think the theory stands that like whatever you show promise at whatever category you show promise in from the time you're very young, people are going to give you validation for it, and it's going to drive you to continue to do more of that thing, whatever it is. Which I've seen it. I've seen in like young, like when I was in, uh, on the football team, I've seen it with guys that were super successful, gifted athletes and everyone was pushing them to be the best. And then like, they didn't even want to do that. My, my buddy, Sean, he was at two years ahead of me. He was the starting center. He was a big guy. He was just like gifted, like a strong guy. He could squat like 900 pounds. And he went to Harvard, uh, played football there, but he, he became a writer, but like he had to find out what it was he liked because everyone was pushing him to be this brute of a man. And, and we used to do these tackling drills where you just want to destroy somebody and ramp up your testosterone as high as possible. So you could like fight through the pain and everything and the aggression. All he wanted to do was be a writer. Yeah, and I'm totally not saying that for everyone that will it holds true that that will be their thing forever. You know, for lots of people, there's a disconnect. So you remember as a kid, people saying like, you know. I remember being cute. I was a very cute kid, and that's why I got into modeling. I was a very cute kid. I made a lot of money being a fat, cheek, cute kid. Now you got that fat ass. <laughs> you really uh, evolved. <laughs> Those uh, che- yeah, from one cheek to the other. And that's not the only thing that I got validation for. I got a lot of validation for being smart, too, and I really prided myself on being smart for a long time. Um, but, you know, it's... It's, I was never athletic. I didn't get a lot of compliments on being athletic. I got compliments on being a dancer. You know, so you kind of, you continue to pursue the things. Well, here's another example where there's a disconnect, right? I was very artistic. You've never seen me draw or paint. You've probably hardly seen any of my sketches ever because I haven't done it since we've been together. I've, I've but, supported the things you've showed me. Well, as a kid, I was 
artistically inclined. As a matter of fact, one of my teachers, my first grade teacher, called up my mom and said, listen, you got to get this kid in art classes because, you know, she'd give an assignment and kids would draw stick figures and stick houses and I would draw a masterpiece. You're drawing like rage against the machine. <laughs> You're like no, trying to I, I really, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I was decent at it and they encouraged me to get into art classes and I did get into art classes. But by the time I was middle school age, there was so much pressure on me to be um, successful at art, to be overachieving in art, that I hated it. I really did. I was going to private lessons um, with one teacher for many years. Then we added in private lessons with another teacher who had expertise in oil painting because my previous teacher didn't have expertise in oil painting, didn't teach that. And um, I was entering these contests every year that give that you win money. Um and was it the final product that you were, was it more of that perfection paralysis type of thing where, you, where it was the results of it all you didn't want to do? Or, uh, or I don't think it was perfection you're not paralysis. Like being told. Uh, it wasn't perfection par- paralysis. That's the wrong thing. It's, it was just the amount of outside pressure that I was feeling. It was the amount of time that it was taking up. It was taking me away from, you know, just being able to like be a normal kid, going to art lessons two days a week and learning oil painting from a guy who was like sort of strict. You know, it just, it, it no longer became fun. You know what, you know what's interesting about that is trying to win a contest. Like the first year that I didn't win first place after like five years in a row of winning first place was devastating. It was devastating to me. And it wasn't, it, wow. Yeah. Wait, I mean, you were in the, you were in the competition. You, that that's a, this is the problem with art. Is no, I think I still won second place, but because I didn't <laughs> win first place, it was almost like I could see the sort of disappointment on my fer- parents' faces because they're paying for lessons and encourage. You know, it was just like. But who are we to judge art, especially with kids? I mean, doesn't that seems so problematic? And I'm not one of those like everyone should get trophies p- people, but like I get pissed when there's like stand up competitions. I go really. How, what are you what are you doing to measure the stand-up competition you know we're all we're all winners if we make you laugh you know what I mean but it's it's what's important for probably parents and you know coaches alike and whether it's a teacher anyone it's like you need to know, you need to evolve your style of teaching coaching parenting to the kid now when I grew up no. and it's important to recognize when burnout is happening too and allow your kids to take a step back instead of beating them like full steam ahead to the point where they hate it so much that they give up. You know, think about how sad it is to lose a talent because you've just completely burnt out on it. My um, high school football coach uh, was a menace of a man, a giant uh, man. He was uh, I mean, I've talked about him before. I told you I wrote, I wrote an op-ed about him a couple of years after I graduated high school. He like, I think quit, but I think he quit because like you just couldn't coach the way you could anymore. This was like, I graduated high school 2003. So, so like two, by 2005, he was like, I'm done. I can't do it because it used to be you grab the face mask of the person if they didn't know what they were doing and you use that to throw them in the right way. There was very uh, military style ways of coaching. Uh, but as brute as he was, he knew, like, he, my coach put a helmet on once to do a tackling drill with that guy I talked about that went to Harvard. He knew how to, he knew how to coach that guy in this brute force way, but with me, he knew pulling my face mask and throwing me in wasn't going to make me learn how to read the defensive back. Yeah, he knew how to deal with me. Well received by you. And that's in hindsight, I got to see that, you know, he knew how to, mo- he knew when to motivate me. Let me tell you something. I don't know if you've ever Googled like halftime speeches by coaches. Like Ray Lewis is, is known as giving, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it, about giving these like crazy halftime speeches. My coach would give these speeches before the game or at halftime that would just make us want to run through a brick wall. I mean, it is amazing and how much my developmental uh, ability ability comes from this one coach and and I and so many that's why I've been talking with Tom about doing that bot podcast shagging balls where we just do just talk about our high school uh, glory days uh, you know because shagging balls is a term uh, when you're in the outfield and it's like baseball practice it's just sh- if it's batting practice somebody's got to go get the ball so it's called shagging balls so we figure like that would be a fun term to just talk about like bullshitting because when you're shagging balls um, you're just talking you're just hanging out having a conversation as the ball sit at you you grab it you throw it back it's you, it's completely not an athletic thing but anyway it's it, it, anyway, we, we weren't planning on talking about this, but it's interesting just to root it back to 
not only how you absorb being taught, but also how other people realize that and adjust to their ways to you. Good teachers do that. Good parents do that. Can't blame parents if they didn't do it right. We talked about this with your parents and mine. If, if we were to interview, and I would, this would be so much fun if you interviewed my mom and I interviewed your I think I would have more fun interviewing your mom than you would interviewing my mom. I think, I think my natural um, uh, personality type three, my Enneagram personality type would love grilling your mom to be like, what were you, what? When did you real like I'd love to ask your mom when did she realize that you weren't necessarily absorbing her parenting style cuz you you're a self-professed uh counterdependent you know well lock me in my room I don't care like you know give me 10 more days of you know I'm sure if she was like you're grounded for 2 days you go make it 3 like I'm so sure that have you ever said something like that Probably. You, next thing you know, you got 60 days, you're grounded. W- would they actually hold you to the days they grounded you? They wouldn't yeah. let you off on, on uh, no, good, good time served? Absolutely. No. <laughs> Even no. the government will give you nine months <laughs> off good time served. Come on, you gave me 30 days. It was a hard fight. I cleaned my room. Nope, that was not how it worked in my house. But I would say that probably, I mean, I don't know if she would admit this, but they certainly didn't realize that their style wasn't working while I was still living in their house. Maybe in hindsight, they would, they look back and think they might have done some things differently, but. You know what spurred this thought we're having is we watched the new uh, season of Queer Eye for the straight guy, which I don't even think they call it Queer Eye for the straight guy anymore because it's really Queer Eye for the PC crowd. I mean, let's be honest. No, every episode. But I, I was thinking about this because there were two women who were on the receiving end of advice this season, right? Or were there three? Hold on. I'm well, the, you, let's let's the, go. You got the gay. You got the gay pastor. You got him. You have the. I'm just um, trying to figure out how many women. Asian there were. man. You've got uh, the Asian. Uh, the Asian doctor. The Asian female doctor. I fell asleep okay, for a few of them. So there's Asian female doctor. There's pampered pooch. And then a there black was, lady. Young yeah. black lady. And then there was a sunrise movement. So there's at least three girls on this past. I'm season. okay with it. The original idea with with queer eye for the straight guy was um, a, a bunch of gay guys, five gay guys, the Fab Five, come in. This is when Carson, whatever his name, the original version, they'd come in and they'd remake a straight man. It's not necessarily a homophobic guy, but just like a you know a, a straight man with no style. Yeah, they, they were coming in with, and and they still do that, but it's also more. And I like I like that they also remake other people because it's not just straight man. It's like everyone needs a little swag added to their life or a little fashion or well, whatever. Anybody like it's such a there's a reason that we cry on right. two out of three episodes. Well, so because so the episode people I'm thinking need of their lives revamped. A lot of people could use some coaching to help them improve their lives so the case study i'm thinking of tell me what town this is uh but it's a guy oh it's in philadelphia right and it's it, it, their whole season's in philadelphia but it's a guy i think they came from mexico he brought his family from mexico and he runs a he runs a market and um he's got like four kids but his oldest daughter left the house because she didn't want to live under these tight um old family rules that they had she she was kind of growing up in modern america whereas they had these like you live at home until you get married and we see you off which is a very old school way not even going to criticize it it's just a different generation we've all kind of evolved from like modern people move out on your own if you want to stay at home if you want to like your sister lived at home much longer than you did you're just different you know Mm -hmm. Uh, but that could be because she wasn't driven away like you were and maybe your personality type was just meant to be free flying and prove yourself against all odds but that's what happened was the youngest the oldest daughter had moved away and they hadn't reconciled anything and his only excuse for not reconciling it after like two years was like we just haven't been forced to you know it hasn't been a thing but now that they got the queer eyes there that sounds weird to say now that they got the queer the 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 fab five there they're like hey call her right now let's figure it out then they have the conversation. They're speaking Spanish. I'm crying in English. I have English tears. I don't even know what they're saying. I'm reading subtitles. Like, adios, videos. I'm crying. And it's just a powerful moment because you get to see a humbled father who realizes he pushed his daughter away. And in the end, all he wanted was to protect her because that's all parents want is to protect you. So like your parents, you probably know all they wanted to, is to protect you. And probably because they knew you were catching the eyes of men. Like probably they realized you were like um, maybe susceptible to like to, to being a target, you know, it doesn't. And it's just like, you know, 
So at what point are you parenting and letting your kid make mistakes, but also, you know, you never want to be the parent yeah, that lets your kid make that big mistake. To balance so, uh, kids learning valuable lessons or getting themselves in a situation that they can't get themselves out of. But I think we, I think we should have, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big cancel culture guy. I think we all can learn from different experiences, but I think if you can't watch eight episodes of Queer Eye and not cry at least twice, I think you got to go to some sort of program to get your fucking soul checked. <laughs> you know what I mean? This show, the second it gets turned on, I'm like, oh boy. The second they're like, uh, what was the first episode this season? I mean, there's like the second they start showing the storyline, my the 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 my, my the glands that my tear gl- ducts are like lubed up and ready to go because they've clearly found people that want to grow, have some flaws, and it's more than just shaving their beard off and and unearthing a new person in them. But that's part of it. Part of it is a physical makeover as they let them emotionally grow because there's something about like like sloshing off the 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 long beard the unkemptness to show somebody who's underneath who's ready to re to grow and it's just it's a fantastic it's a, show you know a lot of people a lot of girls get their hair cut after a breakup i got my hair cut after a breakup yeah yeah your dna you mean it's it's you know it's you know like oh we're like it's like a it's a well you know we were talking yesterday about um like buying workout clothes when you are like forcing yourself to make a change to get back in the habit of working out or just to start working out in the first place like sometimes you need like a physical reminder something that you can see that boosts you and reminds you what you're doing right like I'm a new woman. I'm not going back to that guy. He's no good for me. Yeah, you get I've some got new underwear. Hot hair now. Yeah, I've got new underwear. Yeah, some low cut jeans, maybe. <laughs> Bring it back in style. You get some low cut jeans. You get the Gwen Stefani where you get the thong coming up. But I tell you what, no wonder I didn't do well in some of my classes because you know you get the what they call it, the whale's tail in front of me with the with the back of the thong. You know, the chick sits down and the back of the thong shows up. That was enough to wipe a history lesson from my brain. I'll tell you that. Yeah absolutely you got issues yeah that's a catholic boy growing up catholic boy growing up sees a little whale's tail next thing you know i'm carrying my books in front of me you know with wind pants on so many boners yeah so many bon- have you ever do, do you do, did girls even notice when the guys had boners i would say most guys probably hit it pretty well i also wasn't actively on boner watch oh, in between classes really just a real I mean, you're, it's like you're really working against some hormones there. And I'm not one of those like, well, women should dress differently. You got, like, boys, figure it out. <laughs> you just got to, that's like part of growing up is figuring it out. You got to figure out how it all works. Um, we got a bunch that I wanted to get into. Um, oh, New Bachelor. Oh, yeah. Have you, have you looked up this New Bachelor? I haven't looked him up, but I did see his picture. What's his name? Matt James. Two first names. Got to love him. Tasha <laughs> Courtney and Dave Neal. Gotta love someone with two first names. Matt James, um, he is friends with Tyler, who was one of the runners-up of Hannah Brown's season. They all quarantined together. They had a little, like, fab group that quarantined together. But he's um, six foot five, a black guy, wow. white mom. Not that it matters, just sharing the specs. And uh, so probably... mixed? Well, I don't think you call people mixed anymore. Really? I think you say you're black. He's black. Well, I guess it's however you want would you call, to Would you call Obama mixed? Is Obama mixed? I love that. I'm more woke than you right now. <laughs> I'm more woke than you right now. Well, I, know, I know what you're saying. No, but I know here's the saying. thing. We have another a friend that's mixed, Todd, and he is completely passing as a white person. So right. do you think he identifies as mixed? Do you think he identifies as black? I don't I, know. I guess the technical term would be biracial, but uh, you know, I, uh, I look forward to the time when we're all just, you know, when all the recipes have just done their course and we're all this beautiful you know filipino or whatever we all become i think we all become filipino we just all have beautiful caramels yeah i think it's great um but yeah he's uh it's probably a result of the growing protest to get better identity because obviously with the greater black lives matter movement there are microcosm issues there's Colin kaepernick in the nfl right taking a knee 
to support the um, the the protesting against uh, police brutality, uh, which you know for our listeners, if you're against it. Uh, just a reminder, it's not about disrespecting the flag or the military. That is a propaganda machine to get you uh, to not side with the protest. The protest is only about not having people killed by police. That's all it is. And and um, and brutal, uh, this brutal dictatorship we've sort of found ourselves in. I don't mean to be political, but that's what that's what this new bachelor as a microcosm of all these issues is the change that you seek. So, you know, you can shit on the bachelor producers all you want for saying, well, you know, you wouldn't have done this if you didn't have to. Well, a lot of things wouldn't have happened if you didn't have to do them. You know, yeah, it's I'm going to change the cameras. Keep talking. People getting loud, yeah. saying what they want. And, um, you know, big brands like The Bachelor are realizing that they have to follow through. They have to make some changes. Sorry, there might be some dead air here that you just need to cut out. What am I supposed to say, Dave? Well, the thing is, he was supposed to be a contestant on um, Claire's season, which hasn't aired yet because of COVID. So he was only supposed to be a contestant, but he usually the, you become a contestant first, you get broken up with, uh, everyone sympathizes with you, and then you become The Bachelor. He's one of the few people in recent history, I can't remember of any actually, that became Bachelor without going through their process. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, <laughs> it's interesting because... Being a contestant gives the oppor- gives you the opportunity to become known by fans. And I think that's part of it is like you develop your fan base. They get to see like a broad, you know, they, they get to know you a little bit. And and then they, I don't know, it's like a little, they get a little taste of your personality first. And then they get to really watch you grow when you're, what what would you call them? The subject, the lead. They call it the, the lead. lead, which is which is good for the marketing of the show. But what it did was that's why there hasn't been a black male lead in the history of the show, twenty plus seasons. Because what would happen is you'd have the white guy, and then he would have twenty chicks, a couple black chicks mostly white chicks. He would choose the white chick as the winner. And then and the probably, white chick he dumped becomes the bachelorette rinse and repeat. So it just became this whitewash. And again, and it's true that, you know, a lot, it, it tends to be when you have a white lead that they, you're right. They have a couple minorities in the mix, but they go home sooner and you end up with picks. like a final four of same race couples. And it's okay. It is totally okay if you want to date within your race, if you prefer dating within your race, that's totally okay. And that's the different, but what ABC kind of got, they, they, they got pressed on it because they never took the steps when probably a couple of seasons ago, they could have had a black bachelor. Mike, Mike yeah. was a contestant. <clears throat> Mike was so well loved. Well, some people tell me that he's a dick and real. I didn't, I didn't know him too far, but I don't know me. You know, could they could have been like, look, glassy as hell. He seems so funny. He just seemed like a really good stand up. But guy. if you can't find the right contestant within that little group, search elsewhere. It's, it's kind of like the same reasons when like SNL was like, we've been looking for more minorities to be on the show. We can't find them. It's like, well, you were searching within improv troops, which socioeconomically leads to more white people because they can afford to spend $500 while they're not working because their parents are paying for them to go to the class. So there's all these like untangling things that, that are happening right now. And, and it all goes back to just who had the opportunities. Um, and, and it's important for all of us to be smarter than just the headlines we read and, and do our own like deducing when you go, okay, huh? Why, why has that been that way? Why, why aren't there, um, Asian people on SNL? And not just saying, well, they, they don't show up to the auditions. You know, it's more than that, you know? Anyway, so I'm excited for it. Uh, but they're not going to film that for a while. We're talking 2021 will be by the time we actually get to see this, which is the weirdest thing is imagine, be, imagine this, is, this would be a good movie. Imagine getting cast as the next lead bachelor, but it's not for like five more months and you fall in love with someone before then. What do you do? You know what I mean? Whoa. How about that? How about them yeah. apples? Yeah, I don't see why they don't just start though. Now, I mean, well, I think as of last Friday, California did give the go ahead to start productions again. But they should have shot Bachelorette that, already. Just like you said, that Hannah and Tyler and whoever else quarantined together. If they COVID test every contestant the day before they go, and they all test negative, 
they are quarantining together. No one's allowed to leave. That's the thing. No they, one's allowed to do well, anything. Well, the film crew would have to be in on it too. And the deal is, reach in your pockets, Chris Harrison. Pay a little extra money because you're going to be paying people to like stay away from their families and make it happen. You, I don't know if you knew this. The NBA is doing a quarantined NBA season at the at like Epcot Center in Florida. So they're going to have a season where like they all play the games at the same arena. This is the innovation. This is what has to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, it is. But I think you're right that they're already having to do that on movie sets. They're having much smaller crews. Crews have to commit to, you know, staying only with each other for the whole production. Now, of course, the problem with this is it, fuck, it fucks with people. You know, it fucks with people that aren't as essential in a crew. So I think with if for Bachelor, they should give people the option. Look, collect unemployment if you don't, you don't want to do this. But if you want to do this, you live in the bubble with us. We rent out the mansion for a month. We go, uh, We they can still do dates places. They can still do helicopter rides and these things. Get your Corona test. I mean, we're talking about this. They should have done this three months ago because they could have shot the season already. And then, and then you know. But yeah, it's funny because they practically are quarantined already. Yeah. They literally are locked in the mansion except for dates. And they're about so. to go. I mean, they're talking about a new uptick in coronavirus. I know people listening to this, you get your news from elsewhere. So we're trying our best to uh, to limit the, the that sort of fear talking because, you know, in the in the end, we're uh, I'm not. We're, well, I, it, I it just think, becomes redundant. Listen, you know, no, it, it's, it's like the a, homeless problem here. Well, what's more, more is there to say? No, but it's not. No, let's let's reframe what we're talking about. We're not talking about a fear problem. We're talking about facts. And the facts are it's not going away. There are an uptick in cases. And the facts are that most people aren't doing the things they should be doing in order to prevent spread. Uh, My point, though, is I would rather have episodes that are evergreen. I don't want 20 episodes that just talk about uh, everyone dying. <laughs> hey, tune in for love and <laughs> cholera. Or whatever. You don't want our grandchildren to be able to listen to this and learn about 2020. Boy, 2020. What a year. I can't wait to be like, grandkids, join me on the table. They'll be like, no, grandpa, not 2020 again. And I'm like, it was a weird year. <laughs> Bachelor had a black man. You can't say black, dad. Grandpa, <laughs> we don't call him that anymore. I don't know. Anyway, I got some. Uh, oh, by the way, I want to do a Patreon shout out to James Bolden from Houston, Texas. New Patreon Houston. member in Houston, Texas. Coming in. Speaking of uh, people not wearing masks, I feel like Texas is like, fuck your masks. <laughs> Are you wearing masks in Texas? What's going on over there? By the way, I mean, it's warmer in Texas. I know I know. for most uh, viruses, uh, warmth is good. They're for an- proving that's not true at all. <laughs> South America and Africa are having like horrible outbreaks despite their warm temperatures. And Houston is having a big uptick. But in vitamin right D now. is good uh, for suppress for building your immunity and you get the vitamin D in the sun. Yeah, so just I think get it's a little, go on a 15 minute walk every day, help boost your immunity. You can also take vitamin D. Although I think some people have said it might cause acne. I think if you you can suck that D, you could do that too <laughs> if you're out there. Anyone who has any blowjob stories, please write in. Also, I wanted to let people know, look, I get more people writing in. I get more women writing in. I mean, we got James here. We got, I think we have a pretty 50-50 Patreon that are men and women, which I like. But my, and you're, you're not going to like this, but I fear that, I fear that our audience is more women's. Why <laughs> women's. is that something to fear? <laughs> I want my guys. I want to keep the fucking sucking that D. I want to keep the thing that makes that. No l- offense to men, but do you think that men are the type that are doing a lot of self-improvement? I was thinking about wow, this earlier. Wow, look at that sexist. <laughs> wow. Gentlemen, write in. Sex Actually Podcast. Let this be your uh, indicator to write in. Sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com or slide into either of our DMs. We share them, you creepos, and let us know. What I mean, I think men, I think men... Well, I was thinking about this because I don't, I don't remember what you said, but it was literally just moments ago before you turned on the cameras that we were talking something about like YouTube or Instagram. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I was thinking to myself that it's only a small subset of the population that are into self-improvement. Men and women both. I think like- I'm going to disagree on I this. I hate a self-improvement book. Boy, you made me read some of this today. It's miserable. Why is it 50 chapters that are one paragraph each? Like I just- Because it's, like, it's a practice. No, but it's- It's not about- You're not getting to the finish line. It's like what we talk about. Like I can read- You're talking. She's fiction. talking about the War of Art. She's holding up the pamphlet book, War of Art, with anger. She's holding it up like the way Trump held the Bible. And also, <laughs> like, is this a- Is this a- knock off war of art 
No, that's is the book. And you're fake... you're cut, cutting I, my camera angle over here. I feel YouTube like folks. this is a counterfeit copy of the War of Art. Did someone print this on their home printer? Probably. I probably got the cheap version. Yeah. Okay. Well, my point is that it's very hard to read because. Y- it like resets your attention span at the end of every chapter and every chapter is only one paragraph. So pick, so leave, it near, leave it near the shitter and just read it a little bit at, one a, time. at a time. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I totally well, you're, understand. you're trying to get to the finish line of a self-help book. This is what's wrong with you. You're just trying to finish the self-help. I did self-help. <laughs> I, I understand that this is the kind of thing that you can pick up and read in small bites and maybe it it's sort of like a meditation in that way that it's a daily practice. It's a tiny reminder every day, super chewable, bite-sized reminder on how to be your best self. But it's it's just annoying. And, and a lot of self-help books are like this and it's just not my style. I would rather sit down and read 800 pages of fiction than then open this up. I'll tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to call JK Rowling and see if she can come up with a magical version of the war. Yeah, I know. Listen, we don't need to get into that, but to, to summarize the war of art, it's about feeling the resistance when you procrastinate things you need to do. And a lot of times when you feel resistance, it's over things that you love. I want to do something so bad. I'm afraid to start because I want it to be perfect. And I don't know how I'm going to get there. That's the thing. So, I'm writing an article, just a stupid medium article about the resistance of love and how sometimes you're afraid to like uh, uh, take the steps in love because you're resisting like the potential outcomes from those steps. I mean, it's like it's 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 just a way to describe how we all feel when we procrastinate. And I I feel like like you like you know this. Oh, we got to we'll get into the the car battery getting stolen. I'll give the brief uh, the brief version because I've already given the hour long version on Patreon patreon.com slash the sap if you want the the real which might be the funniest hour i've ever spoken it might be i think patreon.com slash the sap is my car battery getting stolen for the second time story but when my car battery got stolen uh the other day it wiped out i was i literally had my laptop out i was gonna go yeah, to you a were coffee going shop to the coffee shop you walked me into my car so I how adorable did job. i look and and you were so excited to go to the coffee shop and I didn't even get like two stoplights away when I got a text from you. <laughs> my car battery stolen. <laughs> and then I found out they stole my toolbox. They stole my fucking toolbox. So I couldn't even use any tools I had to replace the battery. And then I find out after that that they also cut the cables to the car battery. So I had to, I had to get, so it, it, it cost me a couple hundred dollars. How do they not get electrocuted cutting cables? Well, you do one at a time. Is that really it? Yeah, if you do one at a time. Every if, time I open my hood, it's like, if you Ugh. touch both sides at the same time, yeah, you're going to sparks. Yeah. You're going to be, your mouth is going to be glowing, but if you do one at a time, it's fine. So anyway, the, the, the short version of the story, which you'll have to go to the Patreon to hear, because I got to give my members the, private like details way i feel part of the story that was a personal story guys but my car battery was stolen we live in a a neighborhood where people are desperate i don't even feel bad for the i'm not even mad at the guy who stole it because if you need to steal a car battery to get 30 bucks that's that's on you and that's on society and i and in you know got maybe he's a felon who can't get a job i mean i'm not saying steal it again i'm just saying i get it in a way i get it you know people smash you know people's windows to steal a a pair of fucking glasses it's a desperate move and you feel bad for desperate people it would be nice if we lived in a society that took care of each other so people didn't have to make desperate moves but the fact is we don't so i kept my chin up but i was also very frustrated because i had my laptop in my little carrying case with that book the war of art and i cleared my couple hours so i could get some pen on paper and get this thing started i still walked all the way to the coffee shop and then i looked at the menu i saw that there was no chair set up outdoors and i go i'm going home And I went back home and I didn't stew about it, but I just knew I wasn't going to get this creative thing done until I had this other things covered. And it ended up taking me, um, you know, a couple days to get up and running right as of right now, my car battery is hidden, not in my engine compartment. I have to take it out when I'm not using it. That's where my life is right now as a 35 year old man, (laughs) people are like, Oh, you should park in a garage. No, I'm not spending $350 to park in a garage that can equally get broken into guys. It's just the world we live in, in Los Angeles. This shit gets stolen. Okay. I can't wait to move into a fortress. (sighs) I really do want like 20 foot cinder block walls all around the property. We can cover them in beautiful Ivy. 
So if anyone if anyone wants to hear the story and want and also feels bad for me, patreon.com slash sap. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm talking Wiley Coyote. Like I'm a, I'm a combination of Wiley Coyote. You know, he's every episode he's got the Acme, you know, ways to catch the Roadrunner. That's how I am thinking how I'm going to catch this. I'm I'm googling different um, tracking devices because my big idea is well, let's let's parlay this negative energy and turn it into a vlog where I catch the car battery stealer. Like the guy that built that. Um, Chris Hansen of car batteries. Do you, do you remember watching that YouTube video of the guy who built the glitter bomb that ha- also had like that horrible fart machine in it? Yes. Yeah. You need but to do my, one but of those. I, my, I would forget and I'd be like, well, let's check my oil. <laughs> <laughs> I'd come home looking like I just went to a strip club. And just <laughs> that also had a, a recording device because it, it was video, obviously. So he got it to record video, give off a terrible fart noise and spray glitter everywhere. But listen, I, I took it to the internet and I got people telling me I should electric, um, uh, you know, put it, I can, I could basically electrocute people if they break into my car. There's a million different options. But the funny thing is, is I had already had my car battery stolen because here's what they do. They steal your car battery. Then two weeks later, they come back and they steal the brand new one you just bought. Cause they know you gotta do it. You gotta buy a new one. So that's why I'm taking mine out when I'm not using it right now till I figure out what the hell I'm going to do. Even today when I walked the dog, I checked my car doors to see if it was broken into or not, because if they're smart, they're going to come back and break into it and steal the new $150 car battery. And someone, someone even told me that they use these car batteries to make meth. And then they, and then they return the, the core of the battery. They get like 10 or 15 bucks. The recycling fee. Yeah. They get a recycling fee. So, so they make money on both sides to it. But sure enough, I had already fixed the battery to a, um, to a, uh, very sturdy bike lock. Now the car battery itself, you can't bolt it down. Really. It's a car battery. You can't just screw it into things. It's a, it's a box of electricity. It's battery juice. So it, they kind of make them so that they don't really get bolted in. You can get a, you can weld a, a case for it, but then how do you secure the case? A bike lock? Well, they can clip that. You know what I mean? There's really, if they want to get to your car battery, honey, they're going to get to your car battery. So I had put a bike lock wrapped it around the battery with one of those U-shaped um, clips, those things that you cannot break through. I mean, you cannot break through those. That's why whenever you see uh, one of those bike stations, there's always 15 of these bike locks because they just have to leave them there. So I had that all entangled, but not necessarily holding it in. That was my deterrent, hoping someone would break into it, go, oh boy, it's taken. You know, we can't get into it. And then they walk away. But instead, you know, this was a year after the last time they stole it. They just went around the car battery. They, they went around the uh, chains. They stole the car battery. And then here we are. And the kicker to the whole story is the key to unlock the fucking bike lock is in the toolbox that is stolen. That's it, folks. That's what I'm dealing with. I wasn't going to wrap up. We're at 47 minutes, um, but I wasn't thinking you were going to wrap up. Wouldn't that be a good way to just end on that note? (laughs) Um, but actually the good news is that I kept my head up, I fixed it and I got a surprise in the mail that was very lucrative. I think, um, more details on that on the Patreon cause I can't talk about it here, but I've been talking about my lawsuit in court case on the Patreon. Um, but I just can't, I can't talk about that here just in, you know, yet at least when I thought the whole thing was settled and it's not. So if you want more and want my life or just feel bad. And by the way, shout out to Christian. Come on, man. You don't need to do this. Keep sending me money. Do I got to blow you? Got to <laughs> suck that D. He's a nice guy. You know, he supports Jonesy's podcast. He plays on Jonesy's softball team and uh, he's a oh, good he guy. They play stuff. together. Oh, I didn't know I never that. met Christian. I've never met him before. Well, he s- I, sends me. I feel he sends like me. I know him because his Twitter handle. He sends is us Christmas birthday gifts, Christmas gifts. We just sent him a card, but we got to we, we, Christian. We'll get you some soap. We we got all the ingredients. We haven't made the new batch of soap yet. Uh, we have resistance towards it. I'm sorry. We we broke away from the war of art. So let's finish up talking about the war of art here. Um, I hate. I've learned this about myself, Tasha. We'll we'll end on this. We'll talk about this and we'll get out of here. I've learned this about myself. It is not healthy to tell other people what they need to work on in life. Some of the best things that you've told me in the last few months is that you really need to get therapy. Because <laughs> if I was like, Tasha, you need to get therapy. You'd be like, well, why don't you go get some therapy at the fucking door and never come home? You know what I mean? But it's, you know, you've come to these realizations that you've got your limbic system, system flared by certain things. We all do, right? So I've been saying, you know, a lot of the goals that you have recently 
the reason I think that you're not doing them because I'm here to help you is the resistance of wanting it to be perfect. And then when you see someone who's already done all the work, you see their final product and you go and you kind of feel that guilt. And I'm saying you, but I'm talking about me too. I feel that guilt when I see somebody who's worked a joke out. That's like the same joke premise I had, but they worked it out and I didn't. And I go, well, they got to the finish line faster. They win. So um, regardless of the route you've taken today, you read some of the war of art and what do you have to share? Something simple. Um, you just keep talking for a second. I'm oh, looking I'll for keep the talking. thing that ties into what you were just talking about. So I said, I said, flip through the book if you want and don't start at the beginning. Just pick a chapter and see what resonates with you because that's how much I believe in the simplicity of this book. This book is one of those things, the, 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 the reviews people give, they go, look, it basically said things I already knew, but the way it said it, it was like sort of the disinfectant that just like cleared everything up. Do you know what I mean? So this book has the ability to just tell you, and, and guys, if you don't want to buy it, I, I, ain't, I don't get any, you know, I don't get anything if you buy the book, but if you just Google the war of art principles, I'm sure you can get everything you need to get out of it. It is a practice. What are you doing in your love life? What are you doing in your creative life, in your work life, in your, uh, uh, physical uh, journey. If you want to run a 5k, what are you doing versus what, uh, what are the hurdles that you're letting win in your battle against resistance? Okay. Here's what you were literally just talking about. No one else can make your decisions for you. No one else can choose for you to be better, but you, right? These are all things that we have to do by ourselves. And no amount of chirping from your community or your spouse is going to be the thing that makes you make the decision, right? It's you making the decision for yourself to decide to seek therapy or do the thing or, you know, stop sick drinking, and tired whatever of it being is, sick and tired. Right. So here's a chapter called resistance and support. Ah, <sighs> What I hate even worse is the word support. Seeking support from friends and family is like having your people gathered around at your deathbed. It's nice, but when the ship sails, all they can do is stand on the dock waving goodbye. Any support we get from persons of flesh and blood is like monopoly money. It's not legal tender in the sphere where we have to do our work. Wow. In fact, the more energy we spend stoking up on support from friends and colleagues and loved ones, the weaker we become and the less capable of handling our business. Right? You you've and been I have you've to- been, so you've been, it's like you've been codependent in a way. You've, you've become the, uh, the, the person being taken care of. Right. Right. The more support you seek. And I, you know, this, I've, I felt this when I read this because I think about like all of the things that I'm dependent on you to do for me, like video editing, right? You are my video editing person. I don't have a computer. I don't have any knowledge about video. And you can pick that up so easily because it's very visual and and you like, you like the, you're, you're better at, um, but it's interesting that sometimes like just taking control, like for me, Oh, this is because we're talking about buying gym clothes. I told you yesterday that I'm just going to buy a computer because I, I don't want to be dependent on you anymore for like time when you're not using the computer to you, I mean, there's not a lot of things I need a computer for. But also, I, I had to buy you photo editing on the iPad. I had to buy you that because you had your God I bless would, your mom bought you like some Windows computer, <laughs> and it was like that ain't gonna process a three megapixel, you know? No, I, and it's not crazy to think that a computer is something you need it, to express your visual world. That's mm-hmm. not crazy. That's an investment. Yeah, totally. I mean, everyone needs a computer. What has happened in the past few years is that iPhones are miniature computers. So everybody really has a computer in their pocket. I didn't need, I was getting by just fine without an iPad because I was doing photo editing on my phone. Was it? Till someone texts you. It's a complete. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. There's notifications get in your way. Someone goes live on Instagram. There's lots of ways that it's not super efficient, that it's not the best, you know, like who wants to edit a photo on a screen that's, you know, two inches by two inches but it got the job done when I needed it too. getting the iPad made it 
way more awesome. I can actually see the things that I'm editing, but it's still not the same <laughs> as using like, you know, an app that does color correction versus using Lightroom or Photoshop to really make photos pop. And you can do the thing, other things quicker. You can pay your bills quicker. You can just do other things. I mean, I really do have a good bill pay set up on my iPad now, but <laughs> I, I understand totally. Yes, you're right. Because the goal is Every create time- enough space for you to do the things that provide you value. I feel like we mentioned my accountant on literally every episode. Fuck that guy, that <laughs> no. cute, successful guy. No, no, no. But does he, he listen to the podcast? He, every year in January, he sends me an, a blank Excel sheet and says, put your info in this sheet. And every year I mail him a packet a manila envelope full of like my bank statements and stuff. And I say, that's that panty liner <laughs> energy. You got, you got that grandma panty liner energy. Um, my manila envelope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, such a telegram that I literally write him back and I say, I don't have a computer. Here's my stuff. Um, so I can't open Excel on my iPhone, but, uh, you got three computers that you, okay, but that continue, don't work. Continue. Yeah. Um, no, but this, it, it just really, it was that line in particular that really stuck out to me. In fact, the more energy we spend stoking up on support from colleagues and loved ones, the weaker be, we become and the less capable of handling our business. Like do, doing something yourself is so empowering. Doing something yourself feels so good. That's why I love woodworking. I freaking love it. I love a power tool Work because this everybody way, baby. under underestimates you as a woman and thinks that you don't have the skill to do the DIY thing yourself. Right? Go to our YouTube to see this table that Tasha finished. They don't think you can board and batten your walls. They don't think you can like build a dresser. They don't think you can do that stuff and doing that stuff makes you feel so empowered, right? So me buying a computer, making my own website, doing my own video editing, even though it's going to require a lot of education, a lot of YouTube tutorials. You've already got the synapses for that to happen because you you know how Mac, Apple works. You know all these things. I can sit, I would love nothing more than to sit in that chair, work on my laptop, and you sit in here and work on yours. I would love nothing more. And I like to help you. It's in my nature. I feel good helping you. But like we've said before, if I got to take my laptop with me to work to get to send out an email, then that whole day you, you, you're like, well, I can't do anything. So I, I, I'm, I'm I'm glad you found that section. I wasn't, I didn't give you a chapter to read. I just knew that something would speak to you and you do have support that's here. But the idea that you're talking about is the whole like, well, you can teach somebody to fish and all that bullshit versus giving them fish, um, which I know you don't like because of parasites. I get it. It's a metaphor, but um, I'm happy for you. And it's not like I'm telling you, you've got resistance and you don't know it. I just see the what emanates from that resistance. I see the, you know, bitterness. There, the the sort of like yeah, the it frustration. Makes it's you so feel bad. Not being your best self makes you feel bad. That's the very first sticker that I put on this book. And what uh, I and what resistance I resistance and one unhap- and unhappiness. First sentence. What does resistance feel like? Unhappiness. Uh, bored. Restless. Can't get any satisfaction. Guilt. I can't, can't put our get finger none. on the source. We want to go back to bed. We want to get up and party. We feel unloved. We feel unlovable. We're disgusted. We hate our lives. We hate ourselves. Unalleviated resistant resistance mounts to a pitch that becomes unendurable. Beyond that, resistance becomes clinical depression, aggr- aggression, dysfunction. We 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 could have broken up over shit like this, and I think it's important with our case study to let others know you got to do the work on yourself to realize what you're lacking. Because in in relationships where you just give or you're not completely getting what you want, I mean, how many times have people gotten divorced because like, well, you know, like I just wasn't being myself. You can't blame the other person for that. You can't. And, and I mean, and if you are, you haven't learned the lesson and you're going to take that with you to the next thing. Own up to your own thing. I'm not t- pointing my finger at you. Own up to the own, your own things in life. For like me, like, you know, I'm Tasha, how long did I complain? Like I, I wasn't getting across a lot of the visual things I wanted to get across with storytelling because I couldn't do that with iMovie. I had to learn Premiere. So six months ago, I bought Premiere, which is like 40 bucks a month. And for me, I don't like subscriptions. 
Join the Patreon, okay, folks? Mm-hmm. I don't like subscriptions, but the value that I've gotten from iMovie and from, uh, I'm sorry, from, from Premiere is like, I'm able to do things my creative mind wants to do because the editing software allows that to happen. I'm able to shoot, like right now, a three-camera setup for the podcast, which can tell a better story, better titles, all, you know. So I, I've got the case study of how we are young enough I mean, and again, it's not an age thing. You can be 60, quit your job, and then get into something yeah, new. Yeah, you're never too old to reinvent yourself. But you're like, never too old but to like follow I've, your dreams. Like I've said to you, six weeks ago, we created this thing. I'm pointing at the wall right now. We created it's this awesome list. list of travel-related vlogs, uh, both uh, video stuff. Those are TikToks. Uh, photos. The other list is. Uh, blogs, all the types of things we want to create so that you've got this interactive website that is a complete all-encasing aspect of Tasha Marie. Six weeks ago, we did that. We haven't done much since, but like we said yesterday, that could be 10 years from now and we didn't do shit. So let this six weeks be... and, And beat yourself up for what hasn't been accomplished so far. I mean, you can, but don't. Uh, best time to invest 10 years ago. Well, second best time today. Old, I think it's Chinese proverb, right? Best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Second best time is now. That's grandma energy from Tasha. <laughs> no, that's right. That's all it is. So maybe you didn't get all the things you wanted to accomplish during this first round of Corona. Hopefully the only round. Maybe no, you were like, definitely going to make, you know, I'm going to get my body in shape and fuck it. Da, 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 da. Guys, I ate a lot of Thai food last night. I had I had some dessert too. I had a milkshake. Okay, I fell off the fucking wagon, and I'm gonna start again tomorrow. And I'm gonna try to recoup my losses. Just be aware of the of the shortcomings of where you're letting yourself down. And I think that's it. Be critical of where you're letting yourself down, but don't beat yourself up in the uh, on the moment to moment. You know what I mean? So like, give yourself the the time and the space to make these changes. You don't have to see them overnight. Just like with my YouTube. I mean, yeah, I, I, I have that, to... That first step, that's the hardest, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, so so just to get back to my ba- car battery being stolen, I've been trying to write this Medium article for three fucking weeks, and I couldn't get a title on the fucking page. I just couldn't. And then yesterday, I told you this, and I go, Tasha, my like, wh- I like to help you do things as, as part of my resistance. So I, ne- I told you, look... I'm not, I'm really frustrated with who I am right now. I need to get some writing done. And I got a couple pages of writing done yesterday. And I think tomorrow I'm going to finish it. I'm ready to finish it tomorrow. Morning coffee, boom, going to finish it. And I'm going to have conquered that. But it's important for me to tell you, like, in order for me to not go crazy, I need you to be okay with me being in the zone and not available for you. You know what I mean? All right, here's a chapter. All right, we're going to finish up on this chapter and then we're out of here. The magic of making a start. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the movement one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves to. So basically, leap and the net will appear. All sorts of things occur to help one that would not otherwise have occurred. Which is, which, this is a all the- whole uh, stream of events Issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance, which no man would have dreamed would come his way. Ooh, boy. That's some motivation right there. So make the first step, even if you don't know if you're going in the right direction. Yeah. Because you're telling yourself. The universe will come together, will conspire to help you once you take your first step. Take whatever religion you believe in and apply it to that. Apply it to whatever Kool-Aid you're drinking. You call it universe, God, Krishna, Allah, Buddha, oneness, spirit. What did I mean? Jesus, what did I, whatever. Taylor Swift, whoever you pray to, Lady Gaga, just know that the second you make that decision to yourself, because here's the deal. Thoughts don't count as much as actions. Like this. You can think all you want, but when, when you choose, you know, you buy that laptop, the blog's coming next, Tasha. Above every blade of grass is an angel crying, grow, grow. (laughs) How cute is that? (laughs) That's sad. That's a sad sound. Grow, grow. 
Angels so, are like muses. I got a dick. I got a dick angel. They don't. They want to help us. They're on the other side of a pane of glass, shouting to get our attention, but we can't hear them. We're too distracted by our own nonsense. But when we begin, when we make a start, when we conceive an enterprise and commit to it, in the face of our fears, something wonderful happens. A crack appears in the membrane. You know, I I, I don't believe that a, that guardian angels are the same as like loved ones. You know, I think they're it's a unique force, but I do think you've got your grandmas cheering you on. And I would I think you've got all your family cheering you on, but I think they all see a potential that it's almost your duty to put together. Not a potential that they saw in you or what well, it's, artwork. It's like your potentials, you and the in the way in which you take it. And you isn't it all of our duties as divine beings, as divine creations, to live up to our fullest potential? Yeah, and sometimes isn't it, it might wasted be wasted time spent on this plane on earth if we are not actively pursuing our highest selves yeah and it doesn't have to be so grandiose that we all have to be oprah's you just might you just might make you know make the room a better place i i posted a response but we'll never find out what our true calling is or what our true passion was or our true destiny if we're not making a start so we're saying it out loud and we're holding ourselves accountable to big changes. Um, I think we're on the way. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've been trying to venture out of my sort of social circle to seek bigger things. And, and I think, um, I do think this coronavirus stay at home order. I do like to think that there was some, um, caterpillar shit happening, metamorphosis happening. And I would like to remind myself to, to operate on a higher level of who I am moving forward because, you know, LA, Los Angeles does have a way. We talk about like young dick energy It'll and how you down. you're young, you move here, you're fucking hip, you're ready to book shit, you're ready to go. Two years in, you're questioning life. Five years in, you're like just you mad chip at- on your shoulder. Yeah. Mad at the world, yeah. Mad Bitter. at the world. We had a buddy we called Ma, mad at the world because he just couldn't get out of his own way. So sad. Because you see it and you go, I can't get you out of your own way. But- um you know, oh, you know what? Let's end on this. Einstein, one of the favorite quotes I had, you know, you're reading these self-help books. Someone asked him what is, and again, I might be butchering this, but someone asked Einstein, one of the greatest minds of all time, you know, quantum physics and all this bullshit, uh, what his greatest um, quote or thought was. And he said, sometimes, or he said, there's one decision you have to make in life. Do I live in a kind world or an unkind world? And when you look at life through those filters and, and choose that it's a kind world, you might not be as mad at the guy who stole your fucking car battery. And uh, that's what Marianne Williamson, Marianne Williamson. Yeah. She's says. a disciple of all. Yeah. Yeah. But you need to believe that the whole world is conspiring to help you. And look, the cynic can prove me wrong any day of the week. The cynic can say, you know what? That works for you. That must be nice. You got yeah, a lucrative Patreon. If you truly believe in your heart that the whole world is against you, you'll be proven true. Exactly. Uh, Tasha Marie at Tasha Courtney on TikTok at Tasha underscore Courtney. I'm at D Neils D N E A L Z. Go ahead. Uh, prove me right and leave a comment on my YouTube uh, posting these videos on YouTube. We're getting some uh, new viewers that way. Uh, and um, the more comments and likes you want to leave on my YouTube videos, the uh, inch by inch, we take over the algorithm and um, uh, hopefully YouTube is a kind place that wants to reward me with featuring some videos. Oh boy. Would it be nice to wake up to a spike in the algorithm on that one? Uh, but anyways, folks, I appreciate you guys so much. This was episode 394. Bye everybody.